You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Producer Darren here. Thank you so much for checking out the Next Level Podcast. On this episode, McIntyre was privileged to have a guest appearance on the Fearless Podcast with Pastor Tracy Eckert of Storehouse Church in Dallas, Texas. They talk about the church as a business and the importance of putting aces in their places. It's a fun conversation, and we believe that you'll be blessed. But before we get into the episode, we also want to let you know about the upcoming Next Level Experience. It's going to be February 4th, 5th, and 6th in West Palm Beach, Florida. Remember, there's no cost up front, and spots are filling up fast. So what are you waiting for? Go to themichaelmcintyre.com and get registered right now. Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Hey, Tracy Eckert here with my Fearless Podcast. I'm so excited today because Michael McIntyre is back. So exciting for me because, you know, you're like this vast empire of knowledge about business <laughs> and leadership. And I run a church, uh, kind of. And so a church is like a business. A totally. lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, but it, there's revenue there. So, you know, yes, it is a business. You know, it's yeah. got people. And you pay out salaries. Yeah, I mean, human resources. It's got departments. That's it's right. got, you know, performance. There's a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy. Yeah. And so it's actually structured just like a business would be structured. Now, yes. you know, we deal in souls That's right. and God, and so we keep it spiritual, but at the same time, it has all those elements. Yeah, totally, it does. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've learned since giving my life to the Lord is in coming into church business, so to speak, uh, it was really astonishing to me how uh, people look at it differently inside that, especially the people who are in, in the church that are working for the church and doing things for the church, uh, because they look at it as a lifetime appointment. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like, like it's uh, a charity. It is. And, and it's also, you know, you've got to, you still have to show up. You still have to, you still have a, a part of that in that, just like in the marketplace, you have to perform. Mm -hmm. You have to have, you have to bring results. Right. And I think that's the, that's one of the things that for me, working with church leadership is like, look, there is a, at a point in this process that you do need to, you know, you need to be on time. You need to show up. You need to give, you need to produce results. Uh, yes, it's great to soak. It's great to be in the presence, but somebody has got to get up and sweep. And I love that there's, there's got to be results. Yes. So, so when you're sowing, you've got to also be reaping. That's it's right. not just sowing. You don't just show up and kind of keep things status quo. Right. But you're actually supposed to be producing results, which means that it should be furthering the kingdom. It should be multiplying. It should be growing, whether it's departmentally, whether it's organizationally, what in whatever way, it's got to be producing something. Yeah. There's got to be fruit. And, you know, like Jesus, when he, when he was, when he, would, would do things when he gave you parables and these things, it produced fruit right. and, and, it, and it made people think and stop and say, okay, how does this affect me? How do I show up in life? So as, as a church, 
uh, it is a business because there does need to be fruit because there's so many dead churches out there. Right. There's so many churches that are dead and dying. Some of them don't even know it. You know, it's like the proverbial frog in the pot. They don't know it's boiling. They think it's a jacuzzi and it's not. Because <laughs> yeah. at some point, it's going to be like, ruh <laughs> Wait, my light just fell off. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. happened? This is bad. So you've, you've got to make sure. And it's yes, it's spiritual. Yes, it's c- wonderful to come inside that leadership. But also, there has to be an understanding that this is a J-O-B. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Because... As a as a community, even really as a business, you're, you you work with these people every day. So, and we're in the kingdom business. And if you're kingdom minded, then you're family minded. Yep. And so you invest in people. You know their stories. You love them. You you know some of them. You know, but you love them. Yes. You know because you see the gold in them if you're kingdom. But there are times when God is moving them on that you have to be able to say we've got to part ways. Right. Yeah. Because, and, and, because it's not working anymore. Yeah. And so, and being in, you know, I had a bit, I'm a business guy mm-hmm. and, and. Oh yeah. Give, give your bio real quick. <laughs> Wait, well, well, uh. For those that don't know you. Yes. Uh, so I started out, uh, uh, born and raised in Michigan. Uh, I left there as soon as I could, uh, joined the United States Air Force when I was 17, spent four years in strategic air command. I went to college full time, got my degree, moved to Dallas, Texas, uh, got into sales, uh, did really good, and uh, created an insurance agency, a $3 billion agency from scratch, uh, had over 20,000 agents recruited, and uh, yeah, so then I gave my life to Jesus, uh, and uh, I, I, as I always say, on the road to Damascus, I got knocked off my Bentley, <laughs> and so I uh, had a radical encounter with the Lord, and uh, yeah, and so I sold my business, in 2007 and I started following Jesus and uh, never looked back. And so then I started hanging out with, you know, I started going to a Bible church, which is great, Mm -hmm. fed me well. I learned so much about Jesus. I learned, and it was one of those times I remember uh, my heart was all in, but my business mind was 75%. It was like, okay, wait a minute, something's not adding up here. Something doesn't add up. And so I was at, at church and they had a guest speaker. I never knew this man. I was probably, a, I don't know, an 18-month-old Christian. And uh, this guy named Lee Strobel came in and spoke. Oh, I love him. Okay, so Lee Strobel gets up there and walks this whole thing and his journey to Jesus. Because uh, he was a cynic. He was skeptical. He was an atheist. Yeah. And that was like, that was it. That bridged that gap. And so ever, then that once that happened, it was like, I was all in. Wow. Yeah. So that was that's kind of my quick background on that. Well, and so now you have an organization called Next Level Experience. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. So it's under the heading of McIntyre, which is our, our name, and Next Level Experience. And so uh, what we do is we, we come in for, uh, we do a lot of different things. One of the things we do is coaching, you know, as you know, and which we really enjoy coaching. I really enjoy doing the, moving the needle, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of times people say, uh, you know, they. what do you do in the coaching? We take a holistic approach. We want to look at your physical, because your temple is important, right? right? Taking care of your temple, as we right. were talking about uh, before camera. But uh, your temple is important. Relationships are important with your husband, with your wife, with your children, with the people at work, uh, with your pastor, with your church community. 
Uh, also, you know, your spiritual is very important. Yeah. You know, how are how are you showing up in the kingdom with the Lord? Right. You know, uh, and you know, are you praying? Are you in the Word? Uh, and then, of course, financial. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we base everything off John ten ten. You know, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life abundant. And everybody's abundant is different. Yeah. So we 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 teach people, we coach people, in staying out of the comparison spirit mm-hmm. because there's no there there. Right. Okay? There's right. only mammon there. Right. right? And so uh, we we teach that. And then it's really uh, good. We, then we have yeah. Then we have this three day NLE next level experience, which again, it's not for snowflakes. <laughs> you should go. <laughs> it's intense. You it will, is intense. You will be offended. And, and it's really worth your while. But it's all about Jesus. It's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about the Heavenly Father. And uh, we, ha- we, we, that's our kind of our, our main thing at Next Level Experience is that three day. Um, and it's really cool because we, you know, we don't charge money up front. So we've taken that out of the equation. So because a lot of times the enemy, you know, Satan loves to say, things about money, right? And so we take take that out of the equation. At the end of it, we have a pay it forward opportunity. If you feel it was worth something, great. Mm-hmm. If it was worth nothing to you, great. There's no, you know, there's no obligation. But mm-hmm. so with that, it's really exploded. And, you know, talking about a tipping point, you yeah. know, it's really been amazing in our community. So, uh, yeah. And I just want to touch base real quick back on the, uh, the thing about church leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big things that happens is in church leadership, inside the the, the, the actual people who are getting paid a salary working at the church, uh, we've done a lot of clear the decks with different churches. Now right? explain what clear the decks is. Yeah, clear the decks is like, uh, it's a terminology that sailors use, okay? Mm-hmm. And like, if they're going up, see if it's gonna be rough seas, they say clear the decks, they get everything off the deck that could go overboard or it could trip up somebody and hurt somebody when the seas get rough, right? So it cleared the decks. It's kind of a sailor's word. But what we use it as is we do a family clear the decks. We do corporate clear the decks and leadership. Everybody gets to say what they need to say, right? And nobody and everybody gets to floor. And nobody gets offended. Nobody gets offended. And so we go in deep. And clear the decks is really, really important. Because I remember the first time I did it in a charismania church. Uh, and I warned the pastor going in. I said, listen, you need to pray your heart up. You know, you need, you know, you know, pray for this. He goes, oh, man, no, no, no. We're good. We're all good. I, I, these guys are all good. You know, oh, man, he came out of that deal after four hours. <laughs> looked like George Custer, man. He had an arrow everywhere. <laughs> he, yeah. had, he, yeah. had, he had no idea. Yeah. But it was so good because what happens inside these churches, and it's not intentional. It just naturally happens. Everybody loves Jesus. Everybody's Holy Spirit filled or they're all in, you know, they love Jesus. And so they feel they cannot criticize somebody. They can't rebuke somebody or they can't have pushback or blowback. And so therefore there's no real going on. Which is crazy because Second Timothy tells us to do that. Exactly. Very clearly says, I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to correct. I want you to rebuke and I want you to encourage. Well, two of those is really, hey, you're doing it wrong. Right. And there needs to be a lot more of that in the church. And if there were a lot more of that in the church, I think that we would all avoid the ditches, you know, but we end up falling into the ditch all the time because there's nobody there to say, hey, you need to stop doing that. Exactly. And, and that's so good because, you know, the, usually when people come to work at a church, they admire the pastor, the senior right. pastor, right? right? They, they really love them. They admire them. They've really helped them somehow, which is great. 
or the, you know, the worship leader, some, they relate to that person. And so when they get into that, they're, it, it's almost like they don't want to say anything and they're just going to go along because they don't want any offense. Or they want to have a culture of honor which is good, right. but there really needs to be a clear the decks when you do this, this is how this, what happens. Then so everything has a cause and effect in business. And if you're going to have, uh, if you're going to start moving forward, if you're going to start growing your organization, you've got to have those kind of hard meetings. And so that's something mm-hmm. that I love that you do. But, but you also uh, mentor a lot of what you call the C's. Yeah. So uh, we... Yeah, we generally deal with C-level people, you know, like, you know, chief executive officer, chief financial officer, chief operation officer, chief marketing officer, uh, or entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs that have their own company or business, uh, because we really, and we have, we have other people that help other people, but Stacy and I really want to move the needle in his kingdom drastically. And so we have an influencer that maybe they have a company with, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 employees or a hundred employees or a thousand employees. I love to pour into them. And look, it's not, it's, you know, you know, we often say, you know, our job as coaches is we help people see the things they don't want to see. Yeah. Uh, tell them things they don't want to hear, mm-hmm. have them do things they don't want to do. So they become the men and women God meant them to be. Right. And that's coaching. Right. And you've done a great job. You, I've actually benefited from your coaching. You Thank coached you. me for four months and I tell people all the time, it's like getting punched in the face every day. <laughs> Which, Not you know, really. <laughs> and which you really need. I mean, you really do need somebody to hold up a mirror. And I remember several times you saying this to me. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? And so you were you were putting your finger on things that as as leaders and as CEOs or uh, uh, senior pastors, we get into a rut and yeah. we just kind of call it in. Because we are naturally gifted leaders. That's right. And and you are pushing me, and as you do other people, you push them beyond their own uh, fences that they've they've built to live within. And you Good. go, no, 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 no. You can actually go beyond that because there's more territory to take. Stop being satisfied where you are. Why do you do things the way you're doing? Because if you would just make these slight changes, then you can really start to advance. Yeah. No, it's good. And what we call that is stretching. Yeah. Okay. So we stretch people. We want people also to step into the gap, get out of their comfort zone, Mm -hmm. step into the gap. Because that's where life really is, is in the gap. Yeah. You know, because so many of us get caught up in the comfort zone, you know. And the reason why, because it's comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. We're creatures of habit. Right. This feels good. You know, I can kind of sit back and enjoy mediocrity. Right. Because nobody's really putting pressure on me. Right. And then the Holy Spirit shows up and starts saying, really? Really? Is, that, this, and, is this it? Because I'm pretty sure I asked for the nations and this ain't that, you know? Right. That's you know? A, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's not, you know, Tom Brady, I always refer back to Tom Brady. You know, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks. I love him. I think he's great at 44 years old. He's, you know, he's just incredible. But after every set of downs, after every, every deal, he still goes to the movie room. He still gets coached. You know, they still look at uh, the play, film plays, you know, what happened during that? Why did you throw that interception? You messed that. Read, you didn't read the defense correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we all need that. Right. We all need it. And and as a senior pastor like yourself, you know, there's not too many people that challenge you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that's what we do. That You know, we come in there and we challenge. Right. And, and, uh, and it's not easy, but it's for people who really want to express more and they know there's more in there. But we need coaching. My wife coaches me. 
Yeah. And she's, she's, it's. She's a baller. Oh man. <laughs> it's like, it's like all in, you know? Yeah. And uh, I used to get offended by it, but now I, I just say, okay, God, she's, I know why I married her, yeah. that you brought us together because she's, she's the one that can bring me to the, where I know, need to go because I, you know, Otherwise, I would sit, you know, I would, like you said, you're so good, you're, you're half doing it is other people's 100%. Right. But God didn't make, put you in charge of this church or do this because, and if you go all in, that's when, that's when the needle really moves. Right. You know. Yeah. And you, and in the parable of the sower of the seed, there is a 30, 60, and 100 fold return. And 30 is good. Right. 30-fold return on an investment is good. It's really good. 60 is amazing. But if you're made like like a like a a racehorse, you got to go for the 100. Yeah. You know, and and that's when having somebody come alongside you mm-hmm. that has your kind of push and I call you an ox all the time. I know that kind of makes you mad, but but you're a pusher. <laughs> you're always like you're always like why aren't you still pushing? And you're like, well, I'm kind of t- tired from pushing. No, you've got to push. And that's where you get the hundredfold return. Yeah. Now I know for, for, you know, just using storehouse as a case study, we have grown probably, what did you, I think you did the numbers, but about 169% mm-hmm. in six months, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. Sure. Because when you when you experience that kind of growth, you can have, and some of my people have said this to me, change fatigue. Oh yeah. So there's yeah. a little, but but for me, I love change. I love when things are moving and it's it almost feels like velocity. There's this velocity things that's happening. It's kind of like like you're racing a car a convertible and the the wind is hitting you and you have no sunglasses on. And it's just, (laughs) it's just like your hair's blowing back and everything is moving and people are manifesting. And so you just have a lot of mess, you know, but out of that is coming this order. And so how do we, or how does any organization, when you're in a time of advancing, how do you continue to put the fire or the, 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 you keep it in fifth gear and continue to advance? Or is it necessary to kind of pull it back some? I mean, so I'm kind of in that tension right now because right. I'm at a tipping point and I know I'm at a tipping point. How do I manage this tipping point right now? Yeah. Do I pull back or do I push forward? Yeah. So it's a good question. And so, I relate back to when I was, gosh, I was, I, I think I was 24, uh, back in the stone age. <laughs> and right. I remember I had one of my biggest weeks ever in the insurance business. I made like $22,000 one week. It was really a big week. And this is back when wow. 22 grand meant something. Yeah. Right. right. And so, and, <laughs> and so I go, I go to, uh, I'm meeting my father-in-law and, uh, who was my mentor and I loved him and he was a master. And look, I loved him because he loved me, but he had, he was very, he, he really was on me, you know, cause he loved his daughter so much and that he wanted the best for her. And so I remember going to lunch with him and I said, I was all, I was all about myself. 
Like, hey man, I just hit, I just, not only did I hit a home run, I hit a grand slam, bases loaded, it was awesome. So I said, Jack, his name was Jack, I said, man, I had a great week. He says, how much did you make? I said, $22,000. And he's eating, right? We're at Houston's, my favorite restaurant, and he's eating. He looks at me and says, okay, son, now it's time to pour the coals to it. Wow. <laughs> And, and you're like, <laughs> I mean, you're probably pretty worn out at that point. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was waiting for, man, that was so awesome. Why don't you take my daughter? You guys go to Mexico for a week and enjoy yourself. No, 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 no. Now is the time to pour the coals to it. And the reason he did that, and I'm so grateful he did, and I kind of welled up because it was like, I was wanting some, I was wanting a different love from him. Mm -hmm. I was wanting him to come up and put his arm around me and say, man, I'm so proud of you. Hold my face and tell me how, how much he loves me. But he wasn't that kind of guy. Yeah. He just wasn't. He was like, okay, because he knew, he knew what was in me. He, he saw more in me than I saw in myself. Right. So when I tell people like, when, like yourself, uh, and I think we, you know, we just had a conversation here, you know, before. And I said, listen, uh, go ahead and uh, let's do this as if it's already here. Right. Okay. And so to answer your questions, yes, sometimes change fatigue happens. It does, but that's okay because it will come back around and the Holy Spirit will make room and adjust everybody's heart for that. And eventually they'll say, man, you know, because I've always said, you know, the, uh, the, the only time change will ever occur is when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. And so when that happens, that's when the change occurs. And there's going to be some people that's not going to be able to make the corner. They won't right. be able to make the turn. And that's, that's a natural attrition for people getting off. And as to our earlier conversation, when, when that happens in business, I would sit down there and say, the first thing I'd sit there, I'd bring them in my office because I know that this is not their purpose anymore. Okay. We've either outgrown them or they don't want to grow anymore with us. Right. And I would say, hey, Bill, this is a great day for you. This yep. is so good. Really? Why? Because I'm going to let you go find your purpose because it's not here. And I don't want to hold you back. Jack Welch taught me this. Yep. Okay, Jack Welch, CEO of GE. He said, if we hold people in a place where they're not performing at 100%, right. that's not of him. Right. It's so true. And that, that's hard. And, and, it's, and it's not like you're... This is what I told someone. I said, this isn't a divorce. But... We're grandparents, you and I. Right. And so we know what it's like to be a family and to have a daughter that gets married. So it's not that she stops being a daughter, and that's about the family of God. It's not that we stop being brothers and sisters in Christ or mothers and daughters or sons. It's that you're now going to go over here and you've grown. That's right. And so the relationship changes slightly. You're not living in my house anymore, but we're still connected. We're still related. Really good. And, but now you're going to go and you're going to do a different thing. You're not just a daughter living under the house of the father, but you're now a married woman with your own house. And so the position has changed. That's right. And so the same thing, I mean, people will max out where they are. Or like you said, because the expectation has changed or the job description or you're pushing on stuff, it may be that God has something else for them. That's right. And like you said, don't stand in the way. Right. That's so good, Tracy. And what, what I love that you do, the way you love so well your people. You Thank do. You. And, and the, the other thing that you do is, is speak truth to them, mm -hmm. even though the truth might hurt. Mm -hmm. And you're not afraid of that. And I think that's because you've got a secular background yeah. and you come into this, you gave your life to Jesus and you're all in. And that, that is a unique thing because it's, it's rare. 
Yeah. And that's what I told you about. You've got to write this book. Yeah. You know, you've got to do this. You I'm know. working on that. <laughs> and listen, <laughs> it's not easy. I, <laughs> I hate writing books. For everybody out there who's, who's an author, who's written a book, I'm telling you, we, we get it. We know. You've yes. written a book recently. Yes. Now, you've written your autobiography. Yes. And it's called? The Next Level Life. Right. And it's yeah. amazing. It's hilarious. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I like, I, I think laughter is one of those things that's really the church needs more of. No kidding. You know, you've seen me in front of your room. Yeah. You know, I love to help people release that tension. And laughing is, gives you the same endorphins as crying. And it's a heal, it's a healer. Yeah. You know, in fact, if you ever come out of a place where you've laughed for, you know, just had a knee slapper, right? Right. Or you had a major cry, you look in a mirror, you just took five years off your face. Right. You know, yeah, and yeah. It's a, you're it's, flushing emotion. You are, and, and, and the endorphins real. are just coming in. And so I, I think laughter is a lot of fun. So thank you for that. Yeah. Anyway, great book. You need to get it. Next Level Life. Okay, so I wanted to kind of go through these tipping point, these yeah. four things in a tipping point. I wanted you to kind of address each one because it's so true. Because when you start to grow, again, tensions come up, and where it's no matter whether I'm making uh, uh, widgets or I'm m- making disciples. You're dealing with people. Right. And so you're creating an organization or an organism in our case, you know, because we're charismatic. (laughs) It's an organism. (laughs) Um, And so, but you're dealing with people. So everybody gets that. Okay. So, so four things in a tipping point. Okay. And this is from the Harvard Business Review. Mm, Um, There are all of these hurdles, the cognitive hurdle, the political hurdle, the motivational hurdle, and the resource hurdle. So I want you to deal first with, okay, so we've decided we're going to the next level. You're yes. the next level guy. Right. And you you talked me through this next level, and you actually walked me through a lot of these. Um, so let's talk about the cognitive hurdle. Okay. Because here's the thing that you say. <laughs> and this uh-oh, really goes uh-oh. to the political and to the cognitive hurdle. You said you've got to have your aces in their places. Yes. So you really talk about the level of skill and intelligence, gifting, um, but also just if they're a fit, you know, politically are they a fit? Right. Yeah. So, you you know, and one of the things I like to do when I come in an organization, first thing I want to do is let's see your job description. I want them to write their own job description description because how do they see themselves right because generally the the when they first come in and work at anywhere mm-hmm. business church doesn't matter uh that job kind of it has a you know it kind of has a metamorphosis over a period of time right? right it changes right because things change and so with that i'd like to see where are, where are you at in this process and let's take a look at this let's see your background your education your family because if you are you are you in the place to where, it, are you the ace that's in this place? Because right. if not, we might need to repurpose, put you in somewhere differently that yeah. where, where you can be doing a more uh, fruitful thing. Generally, if, if there's not fruit coming out of that position, then there's probably a, a lack of uh, ability in that. And it's not their purpose. And so I think it's really good to take a look at that and say, what's working? Mm-hmm. What's working in your position and what's not working. And that's yeah. one of the things we do in Clear the Decks, too. Right. Well, and that to me was the biggest key for breakthrough is that I realized, you know, I'm, I, it caused me to kind of really look at my staff and say, 
are these people, are these aces in the right places? Mm -hmm. And and to your point, when that started to become more clear and we started to kind of reorder and reorganize things as far as people, Mm -hmm. it broke everything open. Right. Because we had some new people in new positions, which created new energy, which created new momentum. That's right. And and it was it was almost easy. I mean it wasn't. Yeah. Because right. it's never easy to make changes, right. but but the growth after that was easy. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's yeah, that's really good. And the, the you know, and sometimes you have to say, okay, everybody out of the pool. Right. Everybody yes. out of the pool. Okay, let's see what's going on here. Let's take let's take ten minutes and let's see what's happening. Metaphorically, ten minutes. You know, right. you might you might bring everybody out of the pool for a month. Yeah. You know, and say let's look and see what you know now. What's really in this water? Right. Right. Because you never know until everybody gets out of the pool. That's really good. Okay, the next hurdle, um, political. Oh, there's no politics in church. <laughs> whether you're in church or whether you, you're in a company. Yeah, yeah. You run into that. Oh, you do, and you do. And, you know, there's one thing to have like-minded individuals with you. Okay, I think that's important. Like in when I when I after I gave my life to Jesus, I would then want to hire Christians, but I you know you can't really just hire Christians, right? Because you know there's certain rules. And so what I would do is I and God told me, he said, listen, it's not about you hiring Christians. In fact, I'd rather you hire non-Christians so you can bring them to me in the oh, marketplace. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. And so what I would say, I would run ads and I would do you know different things. And on the bottom of my ad, I'd have John ten ten. Just John 10, 10. Yeah. And some people who knew what that meant were like, oh, man, I love that John 10, 10, you know, and then you knew. Right. And other people were like, what's that mean? Uh-huh. You know? And so I would always tell them, said, listen, I don't care, you know, what your political deal. I'm conservative. OK, I'm Republican. Everybody in my family is Republican, except for my mother. <laughs> uh, my dog's Republican. <laughs> We're all in. Yeah, okay? yeah. But I don't care if you're Democrat, if you're socialist, if you're communist, if you're Muslim, if you're Hindu. I don't care. Uh-huh. But I want you to know you're going to hear about Jesus in this place. Okay. And you're going to hear my political views. Mm-hmm. And if that offends you, don't come work here. Yeah. Now, there is another aspect to the political part of it, which is, for me, it's positioning how people position oh, yeah, themselves right, politically right. or or this is what yeah. um this is what I hate I hate gossip oh yeah and and all of this okay. stuff and it and and it becomes like a like poison yeah. to an organization when you've got negativity and you've got kind of people mm-hmm. start playing political games right and it happens in the church it does I, it happens everywhere right and and uh, I, I'm tracking with you now in the political because what that is is a subculture Okay, and subcultures are created, and all the good intentions are subcultures are created, but they 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 end up being very evil, okay, or very sep- they separate out because now you're forming uh, a a subculture. Give you an example. Let's say after a after a meeting, you know, after a leadership meeting, you know, all of a sudden somebody goes to lunch and they say and has another meeting and has another meeting, right? I used to call it in 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 our business we had in sales. After we had a sales meeting, you could look outside the window and see who all was holding court. Right. Okay. And when they hold court, they are creating a subculture. And it's never like, man, that place was awesome. We just want to go back in there and serve and just give. No, it's all. It's always 
Can you believe what McIntyre said? Can you believe what Eckerd said? Can you believe that they put this person in that subculture develops and they don't even realize they're in that subculture? There is your politics. Then the other thing is, is the posturing, right? Is the posturing, trying to get in with good graces with the leadership or somebody in power that can benefit them. So they're not being altruistic. They're being selfish and self-centered and greedy. Right. And that that's something that's prevalent in all aspects of now, wherever you're and, at. And so when you're growing, mm -hmm. when an organization is pushing and growing and developing and in the momentum, th that will slow it down. It, it will derail it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what you have to do is that time, that's, that's a, uh, a, is that m mine? Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. Is that your alarm? <laughs> no, I don't know why that's doing that. That's okay. He'll edit it. All right. Sorry about that. Let me shut this thing off. I can't believe that. I didn't know the thing was on. Um, I apologize. Let me see. There, I can shut it off. Okay. It's off. All right. Where was I? Derail it. Derailing. Derail so, it. Yeah. So the subcultures can derail it. And that's when, that's when you have to do a surgical strike. And that's when you bring them in and say, listen, this is an opportunity for you to find your purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, on that and speaking to them, I have found that um, they're giving up their headspace to actually begin to work for the organization and to advance themselves in that. And they've actually surrendered to, to this backbiting, this undermining, mm -hmm. and that's taken up their headspace, right. which is incredible. So, so instead of seeing themselves as an overcomer or somebody that's like part of the game, they're, they're, they're victims. Right. And so they're, you're the evil one who's now victimizing them. And you're like, no, I'm actually, this is, if you'll get on board, we're, we're going to grow. Yeah. And, and that's so good. And what, what I tell people is I say, listen, you know, there, there's a villain and a hero in your life. And most of the time it's you. Right. Okay. And you, and one, one good. of the, one of the things that you talked to me when I first started coaching you, he said, listen, I know what the common denominator is in my life. And that was such a self-awareness and such a leadership thing to say. You said, Michael, I know the common denominator is me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that, because then that positions yourself for coaching. Right. You know, but if, if a person's coming in there always talking about the victimization that they're in or whatever's going on or how people are just, you know, not understanding them, misunderstood them. If you're misunderstood all the time, it's not that you're misunderstood, it's that you're not seeing it, okay? You, they see you rightly. Yeah. It's you're the one that's not seeing yourself. You're the villain in that story. And also you can be the hero. Yeah. And the hero is to say, hey, if it's to be, it's up to me. I'm gonna take this on. I'm gonna take a hard look in the mirror with fluorescent lights on and take a look at you know everything, including the emotional scars. Right. And a lot of times with, uh, with that situation and with the politics of growth or, you know, which is poisonous, can be poisonous, um, them not understanding where they are is actually detrimental to their own growth. They've, they've stopped everything for themselves, not just for the organization, but they've stopped it for themselves. It's true. So it's really unfortunate. And so it's, so you would recommend just sitting them down and saying, yeah, and if have, this is going to continue. Then. Yeah, then this is not going to work. And it, if they say, "Look, I'm sorry," if they repent, if they have, because everybody's redeemable. Yes. Yeah. I truly believe that. Yeah. And I want to, you know, 
I've been given second, third, and fourth chances, right? right? I, you know, I love to give second, third, and fourth chances. But at some point, you know, if they don't see it, if they're not coachable, if they're not humbling themselves, yeah. okay, in 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 that aspect, then it's time for them to go out there and find their own purpose because it's not here. That's awesome. Okay, so the next hurdle, I know we've kind of gone over it, but that's okay. I may make this a two-part series. <laughs> um, the next hurdle is motivational. Ah, yeah. So in, in my organization, we created this thing. I'm proud of this. Uh, it's called RTM Squared. Mm -hmm. And it's recruit, train, manage. And then the last thing is motivate. And like my friend, my late good friend, amazing man, Zig Ziglar said, you got to have motivation. People always say, well, Zig, motivation doesn't last. He goes, neither does a shower. And that's why you take one every day. Wow. Right. And so motivation is so important. Uh, we need that motivation. We need you know, Jesus could have walked around by himself. He put 12 people with him. Okay. He could have just picked one. Peter, you're going to be, I'm going to build my church on, on you, Peter. You, you know, Petro, you rock. You know, and he knew, you know, but he wanted camaraderie. He wanted to have that inspiration. I'm sure because he was 100% man as he was 100% God. Right. So he needed that. Okay. Mm -hmm. In his humanness, he needed that motivation and that camaraderie and that fellowship. And he was also God and he needed to motivate them. Right. And so motivation is very important and it's, it's so important in the church. Uh, people say, you know, we're not here to get, you know, we're not here to get motivated. Really? I need to be motivated, you know, and I, what I love about your church is that when you have testimonial Sunday, I mean, yep. you know, your people bring their own microphones. I mean, oh, I know. I, I mean, know. I, know. It's I mean, they're up, they're ready. Like, ooh. and but I love that because it motivates me because we all go through our doubting phase. We yeah. all go through our, you know, backsliding phase yeah. a little bit. Sometimes we get, you know, we get caught up in the world and we don't feel as close to Jesus as we should. And so when you hear that testimony, it motivates me. When somebody talks about their, you know, because we're all the same. Yeah. You know, we just put on different things, but we're still the same. Our, you know, if you peel the image back and what we're carrying, we all look the same and we right. all go through the same struggles. So motivation is so important. Yeah. Uh, you've got to have it. You've got to have buy-in. You, you know, because nobody wants to call up and talk to a funeral director. Yeah. You know, they want to talk to somebody that's got life. Right. That understands the vision. Yes. Write and the vision. Make it right. plain so that others can run with it. That's right. You know, um, and that's the thing that I found that is the game changer. I had a conversation yesterday uh, with uh, social media, uh, someone in social media that's doing, helping us. And, and when I explained to him the big picture of what we're doing, he's just like, now that's something I can really get behind. I am so excited about this. And so mm. that motivating factor. Now, if that weren't there, he'd still be doing the stuff. Right. But not but with now the same passion. Not with the same passion. Right. So now you add the passion to the salary, to the, to the structure. That's and, right. and it's, a, it's, it's, it makes people run faster. Right. And because and accelerate. That's right. Because, you know, you know, people always say, you know, they, they do work for the money and, that, and it's not true. They do work to acknowledge, to be acknowledged. Number one, to be acknowledged, to be loved, to be seen. You know, 90% of life is just showing up. The other 10%, though, to get to separate the wheat from the chaff, okay, is to be seen once you show up. Right. And so how you see, and then what, if you're motivated in that, and if you have somebody that's going to come in and pour into you and love you and say, hey, listen, Tracy, you, that was an amazing sermon. We all, and, and, and if we, if we, you know, 
we'd phone one in, they got to also say, hey, listen, you, I know you can do better. Right. You know. Which you've said to me before. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, thank you. All right, the last one, uh, the resource hurdle. Oh, you're talking and about here, money? Yeah. Are, are we speaking M-O-N-E-Y, yeah. Equilibrious yeah. Union? You know, yeah, yeah debtor, and, <laughs> dead and, presidents. And this, is, this to me, you know, CEOs see this as the biggest hurdle. They yeah. don't see the others as being the bigger hurdle. They see this because they're always like, I can only go so far as my mm -hmm. money. Yeah. I, I will only grow as far as my money. Yeah. So what I say to that is, uh, is money is a fulcrum. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a tool that God gives us to use. Uh, and we should steward it wisely mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, do it well with that and that, you know, be wise of us as a serpent with that, with that. But also, uh, there's people that get it, even CEOs, even big companies get into a poverty mindset. And so they bring in this lack, right? That if, you know, uh, and, you know, from the, you know, the, the old movie, you know, it, if they, if you build it, they'll come. Mm -hmm. And so uh, oftentimes I remember, uh, one of the first persons I, I, I in church, uh, I was coaching and, you know, I'm only like, you know, eight years into this Christianity or, or not even that, maybe six years. And their biggest, contributor just left the church the biggest tither just mm -hmm. left the church and it was it was a decent amount of money and i said man first of all you should never know that mm -hmm. i said that number one the left hand the right hand should know what the left hand is doing it's, it's you don't need to know. whether somebody gets five dollars a month or five million dollars a month it's none of your concern mm -hmm. what your concern is to focus on the prize is to save these souls is make sure people are staying anointed and how do they do that they get with the anointed one who is jesus christ so with that money situation, so many churches get wrapped around the axle about money into where it's all there, okay? And, and all they have to do is bump the table and it'll, it'll come in. But they act like they can't do it. And quite honestly, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, it's the proverbial cart before the horse. If you don't go in there and, and, and go in and say, okay, here's where we're, our vision is. Here's where we're going to go. Mm -hmm. God will provide. If you're, he, the Bible says he'll give you all the desires of your heart if you are obedient to him. Right. And if you're an obedient leader, obedient pastor as yourself, that will, it'll, it'll fill in itself. That you will know, happen. Okay. One of the things that I've heard you say is you've said, I want you to plan and I want you to operate like the money's already there. Absolutely. 100%. And so, so changing for a CEO or a builder to change their mindset and say, I'm not going to think like I'm poor or like I'm in lack. Right. I'm actually going to start building like it's already there. That's right. You know, it's kind of like stepping out the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Remember when yep. he stepped out yep. and there was no stair there, right. but it just the abyss. Right. But when he stepped out, the it met, it him. met him. That's exactly right. It's the hardest thing to do. Hardest thing to Especially do. Especially depends on how you were raised, too. If you were raised in a poverty mindset or your father or your mother had lack, because and, and it, that's instilled with us. And so, uh, you know... And again, if you ask for your father, if you ask it, you know, he will not give you a rock. If you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a rock. Right. Right. And so as a pastor, as a church person, it's always, there's always tension with money. There's yeah. always tension. You know, how do we get, you know, without, you know, because, you know, for me, it's like I was always the money guy. So people would always say, McIntyre, would you come up and make the ask? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you know. And I didn't, I, and I enjoyed doing it. But after a while, I was like, hey, I can do something. Yeah. <laughs> Not just I make it rain, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I like that. But 
it, and I think what happens is some pastors get, they feel that tension in there. And that tension to me is just the enemy saying, don't do it. Cause, cause all you have to do is ask and you shall receive. Yeah. Seek the kingdom of God first and all these things shall be added unto you. Mm-hmm. And so with that, it, it doesn't mean, okay, listen, we're going to buy a $10 million building and we got a dollar 95 in the bank. Okay. Right. Don't be stupid. Right. 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 So you've got to have some practical and that's why you have other leaders around you. Yeah. But you do, you, you know, there is tension in that process. But when you do have tension, it produces fruit. Yeah. That's why you have a mother and a father. Yeah. Okay. Because God created man and woman to have tension in the family so you can have, raise these children properly, you know, right. and that in just like with money, there's tension there. But if you if you walk into that tension and say, okay, I'm going to own this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in this place. The money will come. It will come. Well, one of the things that you have done is you're, it, it's, and I've watched you do it, not just with us, but you've done it with others. You're a gold harvester. Mm. So you, <laughs> you'll say that there are all of these areas that are untouched. You're, the gold is there. Mm-hmm. You're just not pulling it out. And I think that goes back to you being a salesman and realizing there's territories or there's regions or there's areas where we're there. There's we've got to harvest this. And it's like, well, I've already harvested the first layer. Wait, there's another way to do it. We can harvest another layer. And for you, it may be there's another product out there that we can sell to the very same people that we've already sold to. Or, you know, you find another way to to make it work. And so I think I think thinking differently as a CEO of a church or a CEO of a an organization, there's still gold out there. And if you've hit or maxed out your tipping point and or you, you, your resources, you've taught me there's still gold in those Tons. fields. Right, there is. It's like, I, I studied uh, I, I I studied Disney for a long time and had a lot of money in Disney. And uh, what what I found like in 1984. When they changed CEOs, the dis- the new CEO, I can't think of his name right now, came in, and there was such low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they hadn't even Eisner. Eisner, yes, Michael Eisner. Yeah. He came in there, and the low hanging fruit was huge. It was huge. He didn't have to get out of his chair, and he could pluck it. Okay, he took that company from a small fledging company to where you know they ended up buying ABC, they bought Pixar, you know, eight hundred billion dollar mammoth company out here. And I don't always agree with the politics of that, but what he did do and. You know, he didn't, he, he left, uh, but he, he did such an amazing job in, in to get that fruit. And so what I see when I come into places like storehouse or wherever I'm at or a business, I see the low hanging fruit right. that they don't see because it's, because they get so tied up in what the day to day and what the board says or what the leadership says or what the immediate needs are. They don't see that low hanging fruit that's right there. Like, like I, I see, I see three people here, which I won't say, but I see three people here that should we should be doing an EP real soon here. Yeah. And so, yeah. but I won't go into details on yeah. that. <laughs> well, uh, let me tell you, this has been amazing. There's so much gold here that we have. Speaking of gold, just so many nuggets that you've given today, and I'm so thankful for it. And um, just understanding how to how to when you hit a tipping point, you know you're there. So many, so much gold here that you gave us to help kind of push us over the edge. So, um, Michael, your book, tell them how they can get your book. Well, let me just say this first. What I love about you and the way you show up, Tracy, is really kingdom. And you truly walk out. You do, you know, you walk the talk. You know, a lot of people, 
uh, will walk it, but you walk it out. You, you. you do it, you show up big, and uh, it's impressive. And I love how you show up with your team and how you show up in the body. Uh, it's very impressive because uh, you're the real deal, as everybody knows, that's Thank ever you. been here. Uh, and so, yeah, the book is uh, the uh, is Next Level Life. It's on Amazon. You can check it out. And uh, yeah, or you can go to our website at themichaelmcintyre.com. And your next NLE is in Florida. Yes, we're going to West Palm Beach. Woo! That's so exciting. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've already got people over here at Storehouse. I'm flying my wife down to West Palm Beach. So rock on. Just go to our website and you can register. Right. It's, it's brilliant. You don't want to miss either one of these. Uh, the resources that you have, um, you'll, it'll help you grow as a leader. It's an amazing testimony. And also NLE is also an incredible weekend away, which is fun, but the experience will definitely take you to the next level. So thank you so much for joining us today um, on our podcast and make sure that you listen to us for our next show. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.